What is up, guys? I'm Tori Cruz, host of The Tori Cruz Show and founder of the Unexpected Women's Academy. I am so excited that you are here spending your time with us today. I believe the greatest leaders in this world are the ones who show up unexpected every single day by walking through the internal journey of uncovering, unlocking, and unleashing your authentic self. That's why I've created the Unexpected Women's Academy, an online community of like-minded women where you can get me and the world's most inspiring personal growth teachers live every single week, keeping you motivated and accountable. If you're not a member yet, please head on over to my Instagram at Miss Tori Cruz. Click the link in my bio to sign up today for less than a dollar a day. Without further ado, let's jump into our episode. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for our guest today. We have Katie Richardson on. You guys, I just spoke at the final percent conference um, with Katie, with Greg Kimball and Kayla Kimball. And right when she was up on stage speaking, I was like, this chick and I are going to be friends. Like she just is a super wholesome, awesome woman who has succeeded massively in business, but she all also is very rooted in faith and family um, and just all sorts of amazing things. So um, before I say all of her amazing credentials, I just want to first welcome you, Katie, and just thanks so much for coming on today. Just Tori Cruz, it's an honor to be here. It's super excited to talk to you. I think with both of our energies, like going through the screen, I feel like we might have to turn down our mics, do something. I remember at the conference, both of us were just like, oh, like we're both so energetic. So I'm super excited to have, um, just have you on the show and share your wisdom and light with so many of our listeners. So um, everyone, Katie is on a mission to help entrepreneurs um, step into their calling and just find their voice and find their magic and release it into the world. Um, she had a brand, still has some shares in it, right? We were talking about that when you're up, yeah. but um, she ended up selling her company, but her brand was Pudge. Um, and she reached 2000 stores in the U S and distrib and distributed to 26 countries, which is crazy and so cool. So, um, Katie, I'll let you kind of, let's just dive right into your entrepreneurial right. journey, um, where you started, how you started your brand. And then, and then let's go into really okay. like who Katie is. Oh, I love this. You know, this is when people meet me and they hear that story, they make a lot of assumptions about me. And I'm here to tell you that all of those assumptions are wrong. I am not uh, your typical entrepreneur. In fact, I couldn't even call myself an entrepreneur until Entrepreneur Magazine put me on the cover. And I was like, oh, I guess maybe I should start calling myself an entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I want people to see that, yes, there were some really exciting, incredible results in my life. But I, I also want you to know, I'm, I'm actually probably more like, you, the audience, than you might realize. I did not get a business degree. I never intended to be a business person or an entrepreneur. I was somebody who just was curious about life and the world. And ultimately that led me to entrepreneurship um, because I like helping people. Like that's like at the end of the day, Tori, that's what, that's why I'm here now. That's why I co-entrepreneurs. I just, I love people watching people succeed in their life. And so as a young student in college, I was, like I said, curious about the world. And that led me to get a degree in product design. I like making things. I, I want to know how it's made and what are all the parts and the pieces and how do you put it together in a way that it becomes one product in the end. And I was just really curious about that. As a young girl, I would tinker around in the garage. My parents had a lot of power tools and they let me use them. 
<laughs> I don't know if that's the safest. Moms, dads, I don't know. Not that I would not that I would recommend this for you to like <laughs> hand over the 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 radial arm saw to your junior high kid, but my parents did. And it allowed me to kind of really explore in my life. And I I highlight this because I really feel like that curiosity and that willingness to explore and figure things out, that is the thing that has helped me create tremendous results in my life. That mm -hmm. right there. Not, not a business degree, not some sales training, not some being a whiz on spreadsheets. No, not, not a business plan. I've never written a business plan, by the way. No, those are not the things that have helped me achieve success in my, my life. It's been a willingness to maybe ask the questions that other people were not willing to ask and a hunger and a desire to figure out the answer. That has been the greatest asset to my success. I love that. I love that. And um, by the way, I haven't done a business plan either. <laughs> And that's actually what my dad did for a living. So was creating plans for people. And I had lunch with them the other day. And so when you did, and I was like, dad, do you understand that your own daughter has it? So I'm right there with you, girl. I totally get it. But, but there is something to be said about just like that willingness and that push and that like natural, authentic curiosity to do something and figure something out. And so, um, so I, I love that. I love that. So you were, um, you kind of started, you were curious when you were a kid, you went to college. Um, yeah. and then really, when was that point where you're like, I think I need to design something myself. Yeah. So I was a young mother who was having babies and I had a little bit of time as I was home and my mom had let me have her 1962 Bernina sewing machine. And so, you know, in between naps and other things as a creator, I, my, I just craved making things. And so I did, I started making them baby hats and blankets and baby shoes and even a baby carrier. And, you know, we were living on a small income. My husband, I think was making $40,000 a year at his design job. He's also a product designer. And oh, so we were living off the one income and just had this cute, simple little family in a three bedroom house. And, you know, I thought I was like putting my life into cruise control and God had a different plan for me. And the wildest thing that I just wasn't expecting, Tori, is that I consistently kept getting these opportunities placed in front of me. And I'll tell you some of the stories. One of them was a creative director at Nike. We were, we had a mutual friend and we were at a baby shower and I had made some of the products that I gave to the woman, blanket, shoes, hat. He really liked them. And he, he was going to Asia once a quarter to manufacture stuff. And he was like, Hey, I like these shoes. How about we start manufacturing them? And I was like, what? <laughs> are you serious? And, uh, like, I couldn't even imagine that for myself. I'm like, are you kidding? Are you even talking to me right now? It just was so exciting to me. And so I would have these experiences, but at the same time, without realizing it, I was pushing them off because in my mind, like how I had seen my life and my future was I was this woman who loved God and 
went to church on Sundays and served in her congregation and, you know, was making dinner from scratch every night with her family and did all of the laundry and hugged and kissed her husband in the morning. And then he came home at night and I had everything perfect. Like I, I had that, oh. this vision of what <laughs> my life like was. a nightmare. <laughs> I know it is a nightmare. It is. Don't, don't anybody try and pursue I that. I mean, maybe like, what? like kiss your husband. That sounds good. And maybe the baby. Part. <laughs> like, oh. Well, guess what? Like I was trying to live that life mm-hmm. and there was a piece of me that was dying inside but I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do and what I thought God thought I was supposed to do. And yet these opportunities kept coming in front of me. And it was so confusing to me, Tori, like it, it just didn't make sense to me. And there was this one in particular that really stood out to me. I was at a baby boutique and listen, I couldn't even afford to shop there, but I just needed to get out of the house. And so I've got one kid in my $9 stroller that I bought at Target on sale, by the way, for $9. And the other was in a baby carrier that I had made and I couldn't afford any of these cute shoes and clothes or anything, but I just wanted to get out of the house and at least look at them because yeah. maybe I could make them on my sewing machine. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm at the store looking at all of this stuff, totally feeling like you don't deserve to be in here because you're not one of the people who can afford all of this. And the store owner comes over to me and she's like dressed to the nines and super hip. And she says, hey, where'd you get all this stuff? And I'm like, and she was really aggressive. And I'm like, I didn't want to make assumptions that she was talking about the stuff that I sewed myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, um, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I needed her to spell it out for me. And she said this, and she points to the hat and the shoes and the baby carrier, this, all this stuff. And I said, oh, um, do, do you like it? I, I made it. And she goes, you made this? And I, I'm like trying to give all the excuses because I'm so uncomfortable just even yeah. being there, let alone that she's talking to me so directly. And um, I said, yeah. Um, and she said, well, I go to all the trade shows and this is hot. You need to make it for me. And I was like, what? Uh, no, I can't, can't you see like, oh, I don't know if I could, I, I, I barely have time. And like, I start feeding her all these excuses, Tori, mm. because I don't have a business. I, I don't have time to make these things for her. I'm, I'm busy being the perfect Katie that I think everyone else thinks I should be, right? Yeah. And so I, I'm giving her all my excuses and she stops me. She puts her hands on my shoulders. She looks me square in the eyes and she says, look, I understand that you, your hands are full right now and you are super busy, but someday these kids are going to be in school and you will look back and you will wish that you had done something with these gifts and these talents that you have. Oh, wow. And that stung. It hurt. Yeah. I didn't want to face it. But I, I did exactly what she taught me to do. I like went into the future and I looked back and that regret was not okay with me. That was not okay. And that was actually the one thing that I also agreed. That's not okay with God either. Like, yeah. He's not okay with that either. And that was the first time I was like, dang it. She's right. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I'll make these for you. I don't know how the heck I'm going to do it, but I'll make them <laughs> for you. Like, how many do you want? So I make this decision and I'm starting to build a business only I couldn't even use those words. I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just helping out this lady in Camas and this lady in Portland because other stores started to find out about my products. And I'm like, oh, I'll help you out. Cause I like helping people. Right. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm in this internal battle. And it's like, Katie, what are you doing? Where are you going? Like, are you, are, are you becoming a businesswoman? Cause mm. that's not a righteous woman. Like a righteous yeah. woman is going to be home on the weekends, making cinnamon rolls with her kids and making sure everybody has clean clothes when they get on the bus. And are you turning your back on that? Like, where are you going? Like my salvation was in question. Wow. Yeah. in this moment, it was really scary for me. And so then I was like, well, I need to prove to myself that I'm not going down a destructive path. So I start looking for the woman who is the perfect wife and the perfect mother and the perfect daughter of God and the perfect businesswoman. And I'm looking for her and I'm reading books from the library. And this is before Facebook, even this was like 2006, 2007. I'm looking for her and dang it. I can't find her. And that's not to say she didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. <she> did. <laughs> Super couldn't woman. Find her. I don't know. <laughs> couldn't find her. And in fact, I was finding lots of proof and evidence that trying to take this on was not good for my family, wasn't good for my health, might have me causing, have me questioning my faith someday, like, you know, big things. Yeah. And there were a lot of reasons why I could have potentially said, I'm just going to throw up my hands and say, look, I, I, I don't know how to make all of this work. Mm -hmm. But instead, God gave me a new thought. And as I'm looking for this woman and the proof that this is possible, what he spoke to my mind was this, Katie, you don't see that woman, but I've taught you creation and you can create her. The woman who is firm in her faith, the woman who is loving and present in her home, even when she has to travel on a business trip. Mm -hmm. The woman who is growing and stretching herself by utilizing her gifts and her talents. And Tori, I went from this place of should, supposed to, have to, <laughs> right? Living the life uh, that I, I felt other people were expecting of me to yeah. moving to this place where I had removed the constraints. And instead, I was so curious about that woman, mm -hmm. the woman that, that God had already created me to be. And yeah. I just, I just had to go on the journey of creating her into my reality. What? Like, that's fun. That's exciting. That's yeah. not, that's not constrained. And, you know, to fast forward, I believe that kind of position and curiosity is the very thing that allowed me to do what I have done in my life and not have it destroy my life. Mm. I've, I've just consistently been curious about who is this woman who loves God, who uses her talents inside of a business, who is present with her family. And over and over again, I am creating myself to be that woman. Wow. And choosing, choosing her. Yeah. Choosing her. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So man, there's so much in that one story. <laughs> it's just, it's so cool because there's so many women that go through that struggle, I believe, where they have so much of that like guilt and shame and they should be this person, but really like there's something inside of us as humans in general that are like craving this, like we all have this thing where we know who we want to be, who we can be, but like we're, we're the only thing that stops people is that fear, right? Of like the unknown. Because what you did is the fear of the unknown completely, right? We were like, oh my gosh, if I like break this, it could, I don't know for you, for your story, but like if it was generational, like all the women maybe oh, were sure. doing kind of that. And then all of a sudden you're like, nope, I'm going to be like the chain breaker and, and break this shame because you know that you're called to do this. And it, it's almost, it is a disservice to God. If you don't, if you don't follow through with what he's 
called you to do and blessed you with, um, and all those gifts and talents that he's, he's put inside of you and you need to go unleash them into the world. So, um, I just, I, I like, there was a part in there. I was like getting ready to cry because it's just like, I just want to applaud you for being able to pull through and, and follow through with that because sometimes it's a really, really tough thing, uh, to do. And sometimes really for women too, I can speak yeah. for us, you know, where yeah, that 100%. guilt and shame take over. Yeah. And it's a battle that I, I think specifically as a woman, we face a lot of those similar fears and, and doubts. And I, I did similar to you were describing, I was even looking at my history and been, mm-hmm. and asking, you know, well, but women don't work in my family and yeah. that's not good. And that's not allowed. There's a lot of these assumptions that get made. And so I had interpreted all of that as, well, that's what a righteous woman is supposed to look like. Yeah. And that's where I was getting caught in that bind. And so it's a matter of kind of um, separating kind of culture and even time mm-hmm. from what uh, righteousness is. And th- that was my biggest bind, honestly, was that righteous piece. And because right. more than anything, like I want to be the woman that God created me to be. Like I want to be seen as uh beautiful and good in his eyes. Like that's the desire, right. Is to be, to live up to the potential that he's placed inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's what that battle was, was like, am I turning my back on that and just pursuing worldly accolades and attention? And that really, really scared me. And what I started to build out in my mind was this visual of all of the women of the past, both in my, in my lineage and even just women who have been leaders throughout the world, you know, they didn't live in the time that I live where you literally have access to the whole world through this device that's in your pocket. Like that, that just wasn't their reality. Mm -hmm. And they literally were slaving all day long just to put food in their mouth. And like that piece has been figured out for me. Like, Uh listen, I got access to all kinds of food. (laughs) Sometimes too much. So what I was facing in my life was very different right? And so that meant that the application of that righteousness was going to look different. That's not to say that what they were doing was wrong. It was the application of the righteousness of their time. And it's not even that the righteous principles even changed. It's the application that has changed. Yeah. And so I had to kind of build out this vision of, oh, it gets me emotional. Wow. It's an emotional topic. It really is. And when it's emotional, it means something. Yeah, it does. It's this visual of generations of women who didn't have the abundance that you and I have. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even an option for them. It wasn't. And you and I live in the most amazing time in the history of the world. And it creates tremendous opportunity. It also creates all kinds of opposition that they never had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, you know, these women are cheering me on. Yeah. And I'm getting to they do, are. I'm getting to do and experience things that they just didn't even have the option of experiencing. Yeah. And so in a sense, we're like experiencing it together. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I never even quite honestly went that deep with thinking about the women who of the past that are now looking down and cheering us on. That's 
And you and I, we are paving the way for the women of the future. Yeah, We are bridging that gap between a very different world as everybody can see the world is changing Mm -hmm. and we are moving into a whole new era and somebody has to be a pioneer and bridge that gap. Yeah. In the, in the middle of all of that destruction. And you and I are being bold and brave enough to rise as a Phoenix in the middle of those ashes and to, to pave the way. And it's not always easy, right? Like it just because we are being brave and we do go out to the forefront and we do speak on stages with thousands of people and we do go live or do this podcast and it's not easy. Like there's just two days ago. I mean, it was like, you know, when I was getting back from, from a vacation, right. Just little things like that, where it's like, I had to, I'm human. I had to get back in the groove. I was like picking myself up. I'm like, all right, you have all these things to do and all these meetings. Like you, and like, it's just, it's not easy. And like, I, the more that you, that you get out in the forefront, like I was actually reading win the day uh, by Mark Batterson. And, and in there, he said, um, uh, your brave is somebody else's breakthrough. Mm. And I was like, that is so true. And it's so good because it could lead to somebody else's But This podcast right here, just by you sharing that story at the beginning and about the women of the past and all of that, like that was somebody by you being brave and even showing the emotion is somebody else's breakthrough moment. And, and that's exactly why you're here, honestly, because you are creating breakthrough for women Um, and not just women, but, but men and women, children, you know, um, and it's just amazing the, the lives that you're going to continue to touch just by, by you being brave. Um, And yeah, I just, it's absolutely incredible. Um, And so I do want to go back to your story a little bit apart, like as far as you started to to really pick up some momentum, um, where I'm sure you were scared to death (laughs) on multiple (laughs) levels with your faith, but with family and, you know, you have kids, you have a marriage, you have all of this. And then now you're having your business. Um, really where I kind of want to go, I guess, is really, where did that shift in your mind happen? Or what were some techniques that you, I love action steps. So like, what were some techniques that you maybe used Oh, I've got them. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear them. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe like, you know, a few techniques that you use to get over that. Like, oh my gosh, what if I am different than my family? What if I am different than every other woman that's walking around in my community? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you get over that stuff? Well, you start by owning it and saying, I am different and that's good. Right. Then there's nothing to fear and it's telling the truth. And, and that's what I did when I made that shift is I'm creating a woman that maybe I've never met before. And that's exciting. Yeah. And so it's not because too often our subconscious just wants to fit in and be like everybody else. And when you can consciously make the decision, actually, I'm going to become like nobody you've ever met before. And I'm making that choice. And then you align with that. That's how you start to make the shift. And so I just became curious about this woman and, uh, started to like, without realizing this is what I was doing. I just started to get in tune with like my energy and my excitement. And I, I've got a specific story. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things when you're building a business, I was on phone with manufacturers, sewers, washers, cutters, package designers, like 
you got a lot of irons in the fire and then, oh, by the way, uh, I got two toddlers. So <laughs> I would literally be taking business calls from the park because they could at least be happy on the slides and I could get a couple minutes to have a conversation with somebody. So you just start to get creative because you've made the decision that I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a mother and an entrepreneur. And um, so you just start to get creative at like problem solving and, and making it happen. But as I was doing this, I started to notice I got tired and worn out and um, it just felt like there wasn't enough time for everything. Mm -hmm. And I specifically started to notice that by 10 a.m. my energy was shot. 10 a.m. I was like, wow we're just a few hours into this thing and I'm at my limit. And so I started to walk it back and I was like, what's causing me to be so tired by 10 AM. And I noticed that my son who was a toddler and going to bed with a bottle of milk, which I know all the experts say, don't do that, but it was like the fastest way to get him to sleep. And then I would get a little bit of time to work. He would wake up in the morning with his empty milk bottle, climb out of his crib, come into my room. He would hold hold the bottle by the nipple and like swing it into my head and you would hit me in the middle of the head. This is how I was waking up, Tori. Hit me in the head and all, all he could say was more milk, mommy, more milk. And he's hitting me and this is how I was waking up. And so I was like mad, annoyed. I was on the defense and I would, you know, shuffle into the kitchen, pour the bottle of milk and hand it to him and I would slide back into bed. And I was just mad. I was mad that somebody else woke me up. I was mad that I was tired, that I didn't get enough sleep. And like my day started with tremendous resistance. Mm. And when I saw that connection and then that was having me be drained by 10 AM, I was like, I got to change that, but I didn't know what yeah. to do. And there was like, as I was starting to notice this, there was this morning where I woke up and he hadn't come in and hit me with the bottle of milk yet. And I was like, I don't know what to do here, but I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I literally <laughs> slipped on some yoga pants and I slipped out the front door and I'm just giggling because my husband's home. Yeah. And I'm like, sweet, we're going to go exercise. <laughs> and I was not a runner. I didn't exercise consistently. And I was like, I, maybe, maybe we start doing that because I want some time alone. And I would slip out of the house. And I, I seriously remember trying to run. And I was like 10 steps in. And my, your, your body changes when you have babies. And it's not even like I was overweight, but it just did not know how to move in sync anymore. I was like, yeah, we're not doing that. We're going to walk. So I started walking in the mornings. And that's what I did is I started where I was at and I started walking. And first I would walk around the block. And then after a while, I wanted two laps around the block. And then after a while, I wanted something else. And I went and signed up at the local gym and I started doing uh, classes at the gym. Cause I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Yeah. And then I started to notice, um, I, I get tummy aches a lot. Guess what? Like you're eating way too much garbage. You need to eat healthier. And that was going to help my energy. I started to notice that I needed to consistently go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time. I also started to notice things like reading my scriptures. Cause I wanted to, because mm -hmm. I was trying to connect with God and I needed his spirit in my life versus do it. Cause you have to, cause that's what a righteous woman does. Like even just making those mental shifts and choosing cannot underemphasize that enough choosing mm -hmm. to do the things that I wanted to do. Yes. And, and really aligning with my agency that in itself was creating tremendous energy. And so I just got really committed to evolving my morning routine. And over time, I started to develop this routine where I would wake up at 5.30 a.m., slip out of bed, say my prayers. At the end of the prayers, I stay there and I listen. Mm. Why? 
because there've been times in my life when I'm praying to God and then I hustle, hustle, hustle throughout my day. And then I'm mad at him that he's not answering me. And he's like, Katie, you're not listening to me. Like, wh wh where's the time that you've created to listen to me? Like, oh, you're right. Dang it. So mm -hmm. I listen at the end of my prayers and then I go get ready. I go to the gym. And a lot of times at the gym, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast. Sometimes I listen to Yo-Yo Ma. Why? Because I need to create calm in inside of me. Like I'm anxious. And rather than like having two talking heads in my mind, I need, I need something that will help me calm down. Yeah. I go, I exercise. And then when I come home from the gym, I figured out that there's this third dimension called in your driveway at 6 30 AM. <laughs> and if I just stayed in the car for another five, six, seven minutes, I could get time to myself to read my scriptures uninterrupted. And so mm -hmm. I do that. I read scripture in my car, in that extra dimension between the gym and because once, once I walk into the house, like it's yeah. over. <laughs> it is over. <laughs> so I, I stay in the car and I read the scriptures and I'm not trying to rush through a chapter. I'm not trying to make something happen. It's just, I try and bring a question, something that I'm asking in my life right now mm -hmm. and be searching for it. Sometimes I get an answer. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. And it's okay. And I read that scripture primarily because I need God in my life and I want to align with his spirit. And I know that part of that is being in his word every day. Yeah. And so I read scripture, then, then I go into the house and then I've made a decision that I'm setting down work. I'm not trying to do other things and I'm focused on my kids and I'm really present with them. And they go off to school at different times. Their age ranges are 17 is my oldest. I've got two in high school, 17, 15, then a 13 year old in junior high. And then my daughter is, she'll be eight soon. She's in elementary school. So they're, they're, they're their start times for schools really spread out. It's like two and a half hours. And I've just made a decision that that's time I'm spending with my kids. And I made that, make that choice to be present with them for a long time. I didn't. And I resented that two and a half hours. And it was like a waste of time in my mind. And I'm like, how yeah. can we be more efficient? It's like, no, Katie, this is your chance to be present with them and like really soak it in and, and be with them. Even though it's like the seventh time you said, put your shoes on <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and just, just, just being present with them and, you know, driving them to school and helping them get what they need, get their lunch made, get their bag packed and find that shirt that they have to have because that's the one they want to wear today, but it's not in their room, you know? And so I get my kids off to school and I'm in a phase in my life where all of my kids are in school. And so come nine o'clock, that's when the bus comes in the morning to pick my daughter up nine o'clock. I head into my studio and I take coaching calls. Mm -hmm. I work with my clients, uh, I respond to them on Voxer. I maybe continue working on developing programs. I create social media content and it's all around the thing that you shared in the beginning. Like I feel very passionately about helping people to step into their calling, mm -hmm. find their voice and create their magic into the world. And that's, I, I've got a podcast where I help people do that. What's working now yeah. and, um, programs. And that's, that's what I do. And then come four o'clock, the bus is at the end of my driveway again. And I put work down and I go be with my kids, be with my daughter. And we do dinner together. We do crafts together. And it's just, it's about consistently staying in that place of choice and aligning with what I'm choosing to do and, and having some systems and structures in place to help me, help me manage 
I've got like a lot of things in my life. Right. And there's a lot of times that I think like some people to live my life, it would be a huge nightmare for them. Mm -hmm. I love being Katie Richardson. Like I love my life and I have created it to be this way. And I feel like God has continually helped me expand my capacity to be able to manage all of these elements in my life. And it energizes me. I love it. That's amazing. Like I said before, superwoman. <laughs> Katie Richardson right next to that is superwoman. <laughs> I'm always baffled by like, and I think I just, I, we did talk about this at the, the, the final percent conference, mm-hmm. but I think it's so like as a single person who's not married, who doesn't have kids, I'm an entrepreneur, a daughter, you know, a sister, friend, like daughter of God. Like I have, I'm all these things. Right. But I'm not a mother and I'm not a spouse. And when I see women, when I see you, right. And you're, you're saying this story of your day, it's like, my good Lord, I have no excuse not to be productive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but see, Tori, I, I, there's, there's people that I look at and I, I have the same thought, right. There's always that comparison. Yeah. There is. Yeah. It's just like, oh my gosh, that is a lot in one day. But then, it is. Um, but also I think of, you know, one of the biggest things with my clients is their, is their time management. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure with yours as well, you working with entrepreneurs, it's like time management because you have all these different things. And also if you have a team, you're also managing your team and, you know, helping or like delegating things as well. And so, but that mm-hmm. also takes time to delegate some things. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, I'm curious as far as, uh, maybe I'm selfishly asking, asking this too, but like, as far as time management within that yeah. chunk from, from your window of nine to, you know, three thirty or four, yeah. what, how do you specifically time block? Do you have certain days that you, that you do things? You're asking the wrong question. <laughs> Here, let, let, let me help, help you see this. So to operate and create what you've created in your life has required a certain level of performance from you, right? And it is you essentially essentially using your operating system and, and, and utilizing it faster than other people. And in order to function like I do inside of my life, it's, yes, there's an element of time management. There is, but at some point, you cannot time management your life to the next level. You, you run into the limits of your capacity. And it's because we're operating off of an old operating system, which is tied to time. This is going to sound so wild and crazy, but I'm just going to keep going with it because I want Let's you to know. Um, so, so much of that is about asking, what do I need to do, Right. Well, I need to do this on my social media and I need to do this with my clients and I need to do this to create. That's great. It's fine. But at some point you will reach the limits of that. And the question that we need to be asking at that point is who do I need to be? Mm -hmm. And it's a totally different way of operating and moving through the world. Yeah. And that's, that is the question that I have been ruthlessly asking myself for like a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's the thing that has helped me continually evolve who do I need to be? Yeah. And you, you shift into this role of creator of your world instead of reacting to life. Mm -hmm. So you create your own schedule is what you're saying, 
I mean, because I want to dissect that a little bit further. So it's like, who do I need to be? I wrote that down. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but who do I need to be? So when you say, when you're like, okay, I need to contact this person, this person, who do I need to be? But also there's a point of like, well, but you also have to accomplish that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm also trying to, I always try to listen as the listener to see like what they might be thinking as well. So I'm just trying to like, yeah, pick apart a little bit more of like, who do I like, who do I need to be to let's just say, um, reach out to this organization to, to volunteer, who do I need to be to show up at work today? Or who do I need to be to contact that client or yeah. what, you know, but like, you can think, who do I need to be, but what's the actual action part? Mm-hmm. Let me pull it back a little. Um, so managing your time, I have 24 hours in the day. You have 24 hours in the day. Everybody who's listening has the same 24 hours in a day. The way that we grow and progress beyond maybe where we've been, or maybe even beyond where most other people is about understanding priorities and prioritizing your time and getting very clear on the very few things that you're going to say yes to, and then being committed to saying no to a lot of things. We live in a very abundant time and abundance is all around us. And we experience the chaos of abundance. And because of that, we have to put limits on things. And so um, I have lots of limits on things. I do. (laughs) And I'm also really clear on what I say yes to and what I say no to. And it's about priorities. So my priorities are God, Mm -hmm. my husband, my kids, me, myself, (laughs) right? I have a relationship with myself. (laughs) It doesn't need to be higher up on the list. I skipped it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's God, then me, then my husband. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think so. Um, and he's okay with that. You couldn't, you couldn't show up the best for your husband if you didn't show up the best for yourself or your it's true. It's true. Oh. And he knows that. He knows yeah. that. And he like, look, there are times when he's ready for me to be in the house with him and the kids. And I'm like, I have to go to a massage right now. Love you. Yep. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And um but really, so- you show up better than after you come back from the 100%. massage, you show up way better than probably what you would have if you would have spent that hour or two hours, you know, doing something else. When it comes to relationships, see, this is the thing that like Katie, who was just starting a business, didn't understand when it comes to relationships, whether that's in your personal life and family, and even inside of your business, it's about quality, not quantity. And like, you know, as a mother, I was really battling that I was spending less time with my kids. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was because I was having fulfillment through my business, I was, when I was with my kids, I was able to be present with them because mom was feeling fulfilled and her talents had a place to grow and expand. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, getting clear on priorities and my priorities are, well, faith, family, fitness, and finances, right? Like, which is the business. And, and so on setting up my life and day, and I very hour by hour articulated that to you. And that's how I satisfy those needs is, you know, I I'm making sure I'm building a relationship with God every day. Mm -hmm. I'm making sure I'm taking care of my health every day and I'm setting myself for success. I even make sure I have a relationship with my husband and that we're not just kind of in this pattern of being in a relationship. We go on date night every Thursday. And frequently there's bonus, bonus surprise date nights in the middle (laughs) of the week. We just went on to this awesome steak dinner on Monday and it was awesome. 
And it was this bonus date night and it was fun and exciting. So being intentional about the things that matter to you in your life and then being willing to say no to the noise and the distractions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a big part of that, like we can't do that until we've clearly defined both who we are and where we're going. Yes, who we are and where we're going. Those are the essential elements. When Mm -hmm. you know who you are and you know where you're headed, then you can start to get clear on what you say yes to and what you say no to. So let me ask you this. Have you ever had to break up with any friends in your life? Um, you know, that's a really good question. I have, so I was not taught boundaries as, as a young girl at all. Yeah. And I, it's definitely a skill that I have had to develop, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like can't think of, um, specific people, but like some people, you just stop reaching out to them. And it's not like you have to have some formal conversation that, look, I'm just, I'm growing beyond you. And (laughs) (laughs) you don't, you write him a letter. Look. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I love and care about all people. That doesn't necessarily mean I want to spend time in my day with you. I have love for you and I respect you and I wish you the very best, but no, I'm not going to (laughs) like be a people pleaser and keep saying yes to the things that I don't actually want to spend time doing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I think, I mean, you right now, just saying that it's like, Oh, that might be easy to say, but I feel like sometimes that's and you've heard my story too. So, and I've struggled with the people pleasing and, and the, um, lack of boundaries and even some codependency and more romantic relationships. Oh, totally. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. So with all that, right. It's like, it's easy to say kind of when you're on the other side, but I think sometimes that still creeps up, even if you're a former people pleaser, recovering people, um, but like, what were some of those, what were some of those techniques that maybe you've learned over the years of, because again, it kind of goes back to that, like yeah. guilt a little bit or, or the shame oh, or I have a good one for the guilt. Do you want to hear this one? Let's do it. So I was swimming in guilt and didn't even realize it, especially really early on in my business, because anytime I was in the business, I felt guilty that I wasn't with my kids. Mm-hmm. And then when I was with my kids, I felt guilty that I wasn't moving the business along. And I remember this morning, it was before I even had the gym membership. And there's this park near my house that has a track around it. So I'm walking around the track and I'm just starting to notice all the guilt. And I'm like, I feel guilty with my husband all the time because I'm working on the business or like I didn't make dinner that night, or I feel guilty that I didn't read my scriptures that day. And I felt guilty when my girlfriend was watching the kids. And like all of a sudden it was like, holy cow, I feel guilty everywhere in my life. <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. So the yeah. first thing is to even just build your awareness around where you're bringing in the guilt. That's so good. And so I started to see it everywhere. And I was like, well, who's that helping? Like, it must be helping somebody. And I was asking if it was helping me. I'm like, well, no, it just makes me feel bad. Is it helping my girlfriend when I like throw guilt on her? Like, I'm so sorry that you I had to watch him an extra hour today. I'm like, is that helping her? No, that just makes her feel like crap too. When I, when I do that. And, and so I started to notice that it wasn't serving any of us. Like if we're to get yeah. religious here, who is, who is that guilt serving? It's the adversary. Mm-hmm. He wants us to feel shameful. He wants us to feel like we need to hide that empowers him in my life. And I was like, yes. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. here's the thing. The reality is guilt can sometimes become a very bad habit. It's a thought pattern that we, we just like, I don't know, biting your nails or eating chocolate after every meal. It's like this 
pattern that we develop and it just becomes a habit, but it empowers the adversary in our life. And I was like, okay, I know that a bad habit, you don't just stop doing a bad habit. Do you know what you do, Tori? You don't just stop doing it. What do you do? Just don't, you keep doing it. If you don't stop it, you replace it. You replace it. There's some trigger that has you going down down the path of that Mm -hmm. thing. And so when you have the trigger, you introduce a new path. Yeah. And you replace it. You have to fill it with something else. Otherwise it's a dark hole that you just keep falling deeper into. Yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. So yeah, like people, I don't, I've never actually even had alcohol, but like people make a new year's resolution that I'm not going to drink anymore. Right. At the beginning (laughs) of the year, it's like, well, you're setting yourself up for failure because all your mind is hearing drink, drink, drink. Right. Yeah. So we've got to replace it. We have to replace it. Um, like for, for example, like if I want to eat healthier then I need, I'm going to like, instead of reaching for chips or a candy bar, I'm going to start eating a grapefruit and yes, there's still sugar in that, but it's at least a step removed. Like I've had clients who are really addicted to soda and they'll have five Pepsis a day. I'm like, take one of those and replace it with a sparkling water. And they were like, what? Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, if you try and do beyond that, it's too much. And you, Mm -hmm. you don't have the willpower. So, Okay. I'm kind of going on a little bit of a tangent. So here's the thing. That's a great point. Keep going. Guilt guilt makes us feel bad and it's serving nobody but the adversary. Mm-hmm. We replace it with gratitude, also a G word. And so here's the shift. And I, I discovered this as I was at the grocery store because I was spending money on groceries, which I hadn't, I literally had lived on nothing and living on yeah. canned food for so many years. And I finally had money to like buy groceries. And I noticed how I was feeling guilty that I was spending $25 on fresh produce. Wow. And it was like, what in the world, Katie, what is going on? So yeah. as I was swiping my card, I noticed the guilt. This is the pattern. I noticed the guilt. I was like, that does not serve me. Yes. And I'm replacing it with gratitude. So instead of beating myself up and feeling guilty as I'm swiping the card. I said, I am so grateful. I have $25 to spend on this fresh food for my family. Mm -hmm. What do I feel in that moment now? Like I can feel it now. I feel like tingly and excited and effervescent. And it's just like, oh, that feels good. I like that. (laughs) That has me feeling like I'm aligning with God and his spirit. And so, you know, to use the other examples, like the girlfriend who watched my kids for an extra hour I'm so grateful that you were available and that I can trust you. Mm. That feels different, right? So instead of casting guilt and shame on her, I'm, I'm just like smothering her with gratitude. And that feels, it serves me. It serves her. And so throughout my life, I started making that shift in that change. That was huge. Just transformational for me. Yeah. Placing the guilt with gratitude. Oh, I love that. That's super good, man. I have a whole page of notes down here. I'm like, this, this is just our listeners. I told you guys you were in for a treat on this one. You've just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So replace guilt with gratitude. I think that's so, so, so powerful. It's, it reminds me of uh, limiting beliefs to empowering beliefs, right? So when you have a, a limiting belief that, and it's really, it's a little bit of the same, same thing too, but it's like, when you have that limiting belief about something, Mm-hmm. Then you just reframe it into something that's empowering you and you yeah, just right. read it and you write it every single day until you're actually believing it and you're feeling it. Like you said, you feel like tingling and you, it's just like such a more, it's just a better, happier, more mm-hmm. fulfilling feeling than, mm-hmm. than limiting or that guilt that you're putting on yourself. So that's yeah. really, really amazing. Yeah. Um, 
gratitude is a fix-all. Seriously, if you're ever in a situation and you just like feel like crap, you feel confused, start expressing gratitude. It will pull you yeah. out of it almost immediately. Oh girl, yesterday I was just writing down my gratitudes in the morning and I was like, oh, I'll just maybe write down five or whatever. I started writing and I wasn't, I was like starting to feel it and they're not massive gratitudes. And I think that's also something just to kind of yeah, make yeah. note. It's like, it doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm so grateful for my car or this airplane that took me on this trip or no, it can be like a pen, you know, to write down the gratitudes or just something super small, your coffee or running yeah. water stuff like that. It doesn't have to be massive, but, but I did, I started writing down these yesterday and I noticed when I was writing down these gratitudes that like we were, I was about like at the fifth one and I was like, I feel, I feel good. I feel grateful, but like, it's not there yet. <laughs> and I just kept writing and writing. I ended up writing 15 gratitudes. So good because it was just like, and then I was like in that state and I was like, yes. all right, we ready to roll today. Like we're yeah. going to take on the world. Yeah, you're in a line with God and his power, which is the spirit of abundance, of love, of creation versus the adversary, which yeah. is the spirit of fear, of discouragement, of lack, of scarcity, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're shifting, we're literally shifting our energy, our vibration, whatever you want to call it, our thoughts yeah. into, into a place of creation. Right. Yeah. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Right. So steal, yes. kill and destroy, <laughs> say it a little more clear, but, yeah. um, and, and that's his job. Right. So when you're feeling all that guilt and that was so, so profound when you were talking about the, the guilt in all the different areas, it's like, oh, wow. Am I feeling guilty for swiping this card? Or am I feeling guilty for missing that workout? Or am I feeling guilty for not doing laundry? Like just little yeah. things like that. The, the, the laundry thing was going through my head. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I can throw it in the washer, the dryer, whatever. It's like seven to 10 business days before that baby gets put in the closet. <laughs> 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 I'm trying um, to like pair, you know, you got to get kind of pair habits with another habit. So like, if you don't yeah. like doing something, that negative habit needs to be paired with the positive habit. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. there, that's my, there's my biggest, uh, <laughs> fault with my laundry there. Fun hey, fact of the podcast. We, we could have, we could have a conversation about laundry. I got lots of tricks. <laughs> oh, you do. All right. We, we might have to do, we might have to do that's, that off camera. That's the after show. Yeah. That's the after show. That's part two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's awesome well as we kind of wrap up here I just want to you know I know relationships are super super important to you with your family um your business I'm sure friends um your spouse of course and yourself yeah. of anything in in God so what would you say just kind of moving forward um with you know we have all these different things going on in our world and how what would you say as far as relationships as a whole like what's the key to keeping healthy relationships mm -hmm. in your life and then also healthy relationships with yourself. Like I have a whole training on this. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how to give you the, the Part three. Uh, abbreviated <laughs> version of this. This is going to be unexpected. Oh, I like it. <laughs> the, the key to relationships is not needing anything of anybody. And that might sound so wild and crazy and scary, especially as you think about a marriage and like a really deep, intimate relationship with somebody. 
Um, you know, if I were to expand on that, it would, it would be, and what you do want and need gets clearly communicated and agreed upon. That's yeah. amazing. Cause Straight there are needs, point. right? Like, mm -hmm. but it's, it's letting go of the neediness and the uncommunicated expectations and being on the same page and same, same team. Yeah. You know, me and my husband, he's incredible, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to the hubby. <laughs> <laughs> we work very hard at our relationship mm -hmm. and it's so worth it. Yeah. Like you think about anything in your life that has worth and value to you, you worked hard at it. And for some reason we think love should just happen. No, it takes a lot of work and commitment and discipline. And let me tell you, when you, you commit yourself to that and you make that decision, wow, what you can build is truly just joyous and beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, to, to kind of break that down a little bit, not needing anything, you know, oh, let me use my seven-year-old daughter. Like she's adorable. And she likes to, at random times, pick up the scissors and just chop her hair. Oh, no. go, go Google Miley Cyrus. That's what her hair has looked like for like the last several years. <laughs> and I just have to like, like not worry that she is a reflection of me. Like she is her right. own individual and she's making her choices. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm working with her to, to like leave the scissors on the table <laughs> and not pick them up anymore. And we've gone the longest we've gone for a really long time, but it's, it, it makes me uncomfortable, right? When I put her on the bus and she goes to school. In fact, this, this woman who works out of the gym with me tells me this story about how she's, she's the kindergarten teacher and she's getting kids on the bus. And this girl comes around her and she's like, who is this beautiful girl who has the most unfortunate haircut? And it was my daughter and she had been her kindergarten teacher and she's now in the second grade and she didn't even recognize it. Well, you take the mask and then the funky hair, hair. Right. Yeah. You so, can't really recognize this person. And you know what? Like it just is Tori. And I have to just accept that and let it be. And I, I could be really worked up at the fact that she has these like crazy bangs and then like these sideburns and it, it's nuts, but you know what? I've just embraced it. And she's a rock star, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. She has the look down pat. Seriously, go if you go look at Miley Cyrus's haircut, that's her haircut. Yep. That is amazing. So not needing any, like, it, it's tempting for me to need her to look a certain way. And I've had to mm -hmm. just let that go. Gosh, that's so true though, right? Mm -hmm. Man, could you think like everybody else's actions or if your husband, let's say, acted a certain way, like when you were out at a gathering or whatever, he said something and, and then you're like, oh my gosh, like that was a straight reflection of me. Yeah. And, and like that happens so often though, yeah. as you're close with people, you think yeah. like, oh my gosh, that reflects back on me, but it really doesn't. And nobody's really even thinking about you, right? Like they're not thinking about us when somebody else says something else, they, they, don't, they don't draw the dots and connect them. They're not ruminating on you like no. you are. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like our yeah. own, like, oh my gosh, is that going to like, does that have something to do with my identity or who I am? Or yeah, yeah. it's just it's yeah. crazy. So, so it's this beautiful dance between not needing things of people and also communicating what we want, what we desire and ultimately creating an agreement with people. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And then well, the other piece of that I would say is, is really coming to understand what it means to be present with somebody. Mm. When you yeah, can be where your feet are planted. 
when you can give that to somebody presence, not needing to interrupt them and tell them what they should do or what the solution is and just listening to them and being there with them in the experience of the pain or the struggle or the frustration and just being a witness of that, it's the greatest gift you could give anybody. And when you can learn to operate that way with people, you, you make a very strong human connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on and just amazing time spending time with you and seeing your face. Hopefully I get to see you in person soon, but you that. just gave like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to go rewatch this episode because you just give so much wisdom and you're such a beautiful light in this world. So mm. keep, keep shining. And, um, thank you so much. And I do want to, um, have you mentioned where people can find you, yeah. um, and all the, all the things. Okay. Okay. Well, I do have my own podcast called what's working now. It's on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and the first eight episodes is me kind of telling my story and you learn a lot in those eight episodes. So you can go connect with, with me there. And then the other place is I'm pretty active on Instagram, katie.live send me a DM. I, I seriously love people and I just want to help you. So send me a DM and I will point you in the right direction. Um, awesome. or I have a website, katierichardson.com. Awesome. Go find yeah. her, go give her a follow. <laughs> so, well, thank you again, Katie. And I hope you have an amazing, amazing, um, weekend with your family. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you, Tori. This has been a real pleasure. It thank definitely you. has. I'll see you soon, girl. All right, my friends, thank you for listening. That is a wrap for today on the Tori Cruz Show. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share with your friends, share on social media, tag me at Miss Tori Cruz. And I want to leave you with one last thought. God did not give you this day because you needed it. He gave you this day because somebody needs you. So go spread your love, go spread your light and positivity into this world today and be the unexpected.